chapter three part three of the life of washington volume four by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three part three under the first head although it may not be necessary or proper for me in this place to enter into a particular disquisition of the principles of the union and to take up the great question which has frequently been agitated whether it be expedient and requisite for the states to delegate a larger proportion of power to congress or not yet it will be a part of my duty and that of every true patriot to assert without reserve and to insist upon the following positions that unless the states will suffer congress to exercise those prerogatives they are undoubtedly invested with by the constitution everything must very rapidly tend to anarchy and confusion that it is indispensable to the happiness of the individual states that there should be lodged somewhere a supreme power to regulate and govern the general concerns of the confederated republic without which the union cannot be of long duration that there must be a faithful and pointed compliance on the part of every state with the late proposals and demands of congress or the most fatal consequences will ensue that whatever measures have a tendency to dissolve the union or contribute to violate or lessen the sovereign authority ought to be considered as hostile to the liberty and independence of america and the authors of them treated accordingly and lastly that unless we can be enabled by the concurrence of the states to participate of the fruits of the revolution and enjoy the essential benefits of civil society under a form of government so free and uncorrupted so happily guarded against the danger of oppression as has been devised and adopted by the articles of confederation it will be a subject of regret that so much blood and treasure have been lavished for no purpose that so many sufferings have been encountered without a compensation and that so many sacrifices have been made in vain many other considerations might here be adduced to prove that without an entire conformity to the spirit of the union we cannot exist as an independent power it will be sufficient for my purpose to mention one or two which seem to me of the greatest importance it is only in our united character that we are known as an empire that our independence is acknowledged that our power can be regarded or our credit supported among foreign nations the treaties of the european powers with the united states of america will have no validity on a dissolution of the union we shall be left nearly in a state of nature or we may find by our own unhappy experience that there is a natural and necessary progression from the extreme of anarchy to the extreme of tyranny and that arbitrary power is most easily established on the ruins of liberty abused to licentiousness as to the second article which respects the performance of public justice congress have in their late address to the united states almost exhausted the subject they have explained their ideas so fully and have enforced the obligations the states are under to render complete justice to all the public creditors with so much dignity and energy that in my opinion no real friend to the honor and independency of america can hesitate a single moment respecting 
the propriety of complying with the just and honourable measures proposed if their arguments do not produce conviction i know of nothing that will have greater influence especially when we recollect that the system referred to being the result of the collected wisdom of the continent must be esteemed if not perfect certainly the least objectionable of any that could be devised and that if it should not be carried into immediate execution a national bankruptcy with all its deplorable consequences will take place before any different plan can possibly be proposed and adopted so pressing are the present circumstances and such is the alternative now offered to the states the ability of the country to discharge the debts which have been incurred in its defence is not to be doubted an inclination i flatter myself will not be wanting the path of our duty is plain before us honesty will be found on every experiment to be the best and only true policy let us then as a nation be just let us fulfil the public contracts which congress had undoubtedly a right to make for the purpose of carrying on the war with the same good faith we suppose ourselves bound to perform our private engagements in the meantime let an attention to the cheerful performance of their proper business as individuals and as members of society be earnestly inculcated on the citizens of america then will they strengthen the hands of government and be happy under its protection every one will reap the fruit of his labours every one will enjoy his own acquisitions without molestation and without danger in this state of absolute freedom and perfect security who will grudge to yield a very little of his property to support the common interest of society and ensure the protection of government who does not remember the frequent declarations at the commencement of the war that we should be completely satisfied if at the expense of one half we could defend the remainder of our possessions where is the man to be found who wishes to remain indebted for the defence of his own person and property to the exertions the bravery and the blood of others without making one generous effort to repay the debt of honour and of gratitude in what part of the continent shall we find any man or body of men who would not blush to stand up and propose measures purposely calculated to rob the soldier of his stipend and the public creditor of his due and were it possible that such a flagrant instance of injustice could ever happen would it not excite the general indignation and tend to bring down upon the authors of such measures the aggravated vengeance of heaven if after all a spirit of disunion or a temper of obstinacy and perverseness should manifest itself in any of the states if such an ungracious disposition should attempt to frustrate all the happy effects that might be expected to flow from the union if there should be a refusal to comply with the requisitions for funds to discharge the annual interest of the public debts and if that refusal should revive again all those jealousies and produce all those evils which are now happily removed congress who have in all their transactions shown a great degree of magnanimity and justice will stand justified in the sight of god and man and the state alone which puts itself in opposition to the aggregate wisdom of the continent and follows such mistaken and pernicious counsels 
will be responsible for all the consequences for my own part conscious of having acted while a servant of the public in the manner i conceived best suited to promote the real interests of my country having in consequence of my fixed belief in some measure pledged myself to the army that their country would finally do them complete and ample justice and not wishing to conceal any instance of my official conduct from the eyes of the world i have thought proper to transmit to your excellency the enclosed collection of papers relative to the half-pay and commutation granted by congress to the officers of the army from these communications my decided sentiments will be clearly comprehended together with the conclusive reasons which induced me at an early period to recommend the adoption of the measure in the most earnest and serious manner as the proceedings of congress the army and myself are open to all and contain in my opinion sufficient information to remove the prejudices and errors which may have been entertained by any i think it unnecessary to say anything more than just to observe that the resolutions of congress now alluded to are undoubtedly as absolutely binding upon the united states as the most solemn acts of confederation or legislation as to the idea which i am informed has in some instances prevailed that the half-pay and commutation are to be regarded merely in the odious light of a pension it ought to be exploded for ever that provision should be viewed as it really was a reasonable compensation offered by congress at a time when they had nothing else to give to the officers of the army for the services then to be performed it was the only means to prevent a total dereliction of the service it was a part of their hire i may be allowed to say it was the price of their blood and of your independence it is therefore more than a common debt it is a debt of honour it can never be considered as a pension or gratuity nor be cancelled until it is fairly discharged with regard to a distinction between officers and soldiers it is sufficient that the uniform experience of every nation of the world combined with your own proves the utility and propriety of the discrimination rewards in proportion to the aids the public derives from them are unquestionably due to all its servants in some lines the soldiers have perhaps generally had as ample a compensation for their services by the large bounties which have been paid to them as their officers will receive in the proposed commutation in others if besides the donation of lands the payment of arrearages of clothing and wages in which articles all the component parts of the army must be put upon the same footing we take into the estimate the bounties many of the soldiers have received and the gratuity of one year's full pay which is promised to all possibly their situation every circumstance duly considered will not be deemed less eligible than that of the officers should a further reward however be judged equitable i will venture to assert no one will enjoy greater satisfaction than myself on seeing an exemption from taxes for a limited time which has been petitioned for in some instances or any other adequate immunity or compensation granted to the brave defenders of their country's cause but neither the adoption nor rejection of this proposition will in any manner affect much less militate against the act of congress by which they have offered five years full pay 
in lieu of the half-pay for life which had been before promised to the officers of the army before i conclude the subject of public justice i cannot omit to mention the obligations this country is under to that meritorious class of veteran non-commissioned officers and privates who have been discharged for inability in consequence of the resolution of congress of the twenty third april seventeen eighty two on an annual pension for life their peculiar sufferings their singular merits and claims to that provision need only be known to interest all the feelings of humanity in their behalf nothing but a punctual payment of their annual allowance can rescue them from the most complicated misery and nothing could be a more melancholy and distressing sight than to behold those who have shed their blood or lost their limbs in the service of their country without a shelter without a friend and without the means of obtaining any of the necessaries or comforts of life compelled to beg their daily bread from door to door suffer me to recommend those of this description belonging to your state to the warmest patronage of your excellency and your legislature it is necessary to say but a few words on the third topic which was proposed and which regards particularly the defence of the republic and there can be little doubt but congress will recommend a proper peace establishment for the united states in which a due attention will be paid to the importance of placing the militia of the union upon a regular and respectable footing if this should be the case i would beg leave to urge the great advantage of it in the strongest terms the militia of this country must be considered as the palladium of our security and the first effectual resort in case of hostility it is essential therefore that the same system should pervade the whole that the formation and discipline of the militia of the continent should be absolutely uniform and that the same species of arms accoutrements and military apparatus should be introduced in every part of the united states no one who has not learned it from experience can conceive the difficulty expense and confusion which result from a contrary system or the vague arrangements which have hitherto prevailed if in treating of political points a greater latitude than usual has been taken in the course of this address the importance of the crisis and magnitude of the objects in discussion must be my apology it is however neither my wish nor expectation that the preceding observations should claim any regard except so far as they shall appear to be dictated by a good intention consonant to the immediate rules of justice calculated to produce a liberal system of policy and founded on whatever experience may have been acquired by a long and close attention to public business here i might speak with the more confidence from my actual observations and if it would not swell this letter already too prolix beyond the bounds i had prescribed myself i could demonstrate to every mind open to conviction that in less time and with much less expense than has been incurred the war might have been brought to the same happy conclusion if the resources of the continent could have been properly drawn forth that the distresses and disappointments which have very often occurred have in too many instances resulted more from a want of energy in the continental government than a deficiency of means in the particular states that the inefficacy of measures arising from the want of an adequate authority in the supreme power from a partial compliance with the requisitions of congress in some of the states and from a failure of punctuality in others while it tended to damp the zeal of those which were more willing to exert themselves served also to accumulate 
the expenses of the war and to frustrate the best concerted plans and that the discouragement occasioned by the complicated difficulties and embarrassments in which our affairs were by this means involved would have long ago produced the dissolution of any army less patient less virtuous and less persevering than that which i have had the honour to command but while i mention these things which are notorious facts as the defects of our federal constitution particularly in the prosecution of a war i beg it may be understood that as i have ever taken a pleasure in gratefully acknowledging the assistance and support i have derived from every class of citizens so shall i always be happy to do justice to the unparalleled exertions of the individual states on many interesting occasions i have thus freely disclosed what i wish to make known before i surrendered up my public trust to those who committed it to me the task is now accomplished i now bid adieu to your excellency as the chief magistrate of your state at the same time i bid a last farewell to the cares of office and all the employments of public life it remains then to be my final and only request that your excellency will communicate these sentiments to your legislature at their next meeting and that they may be considered as the legacy of one who has ardently wished on all occasions to be useful to his country and who even in the shade of retirement will not fail to implore the divine benediction upon it i now make it my earnest prayer that god would have you and the state over which you preside in his holy protection that he would incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government to entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another for their fellow citizens of the united states at large and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field and finally that he would most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice to love mercy and to demean ourselves with that charity humility and pacific temper of mind which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion without an humble imitation of whose example in these things we can never hope to be a happy nation the impression made by this solemn and affecting admonition could not be surpassed the circumstances under which it was given added to the veneration with which it was received and like the counsel of a parent on whom the grave is about to close for ever it sunk deep into the hearts of all but like the counsels of a parent withdrawn from view the advice was too soon forgotten and the impression it had made was too soon effaced the recommendations of congress did not receive that prompt consideration which the public exigence demanded nor did they meet that universal assent which was necessary to give them effect not immediately perceiving that the error lay in a system which was unfit for use the distinguished patriots of the revolution contemplated with increasing anxiety the anti-american temper which displayed itself in almost every part of the union the letters addressed to the late commander-in-chief by many of those who had borne a conspicuous part in the arduous struggle for independence manifest the disappointment and chagrin occasioned by this temper the venerable trumbull who had rendered great service to the cause of united america who like washington had supported the burden of office throughout a hazardous contest and like washington had determined to withdraw from the cares of a public station when that contest should be terminated in a letter communicating to his friend and compatriot the resolution he had taken thus disclosed the fears which the dispositions manifested by many of his countrymen inspired the fruits of our peace and independence do not at present wear 
so promising an appearance as i had fondly painted to my mind the prejudices the jealousies and turbulence of the people at times almost stagger my confidence in our political establishments and almost occasion me to think that they will show themselves unworthy of the noble prize for which we have contended and which i had pleased myself with the hope we were so near enjoying but again i check this rising impatience and console myself under the present prospect with the consideration that the same beneficent and wise providence which has done so much for this country will not eventually leave us to ruin our own happiness to become the sport of chance or the scoff of a once admiring world but that great things are yet in store for this people which time and the wisdom of the great director will produce in its best season it is indeed a pleasure said general washington in reply from the walks of private life to view in retrospect the difficulties through which we have waded and the happy haven into which our ship has been brought is it possible after this that it should founder will not the all-wise and all-powerful director of human events preserve it i think he will he may however for some wise purpose of his own suffer our indiscretions and folly to place our national character low in the political scale and this unless more wisdom and less prejudice take the lead in our government will most certainly happen that the imbecility of the federal government the impotence of its requisitions and the inattention of some of the states to its recommendations would in the estimation of the world abase the american character could scarcely be termed a prediction that course of national degradation had already commenced as the system recommended to the states on the eighteenth of april seventeen eighty three had been matured by the best wisdom in the federal councils a compliance with it was the last hope of the government and congress continued to urge its adoption on the several states while its fate remained undecided requisitions for the intermediate supply of the national demands were annually repeated and were annually neglected happily alone had been negotiated in holland by mr adams after the termination of the war out of which the interest of the foreign debt had been partly paid but that fund was exhausted and the united states possessed no means of replacing it unable to pay the interest they would in the course of the succeeding year be liable for the first instalment of the principal and the humiliating circumstance was to be encountered of a total failure to comply with the most solemn engagements unaccompanied with the prospect of being enabled to give assurances that at any future time their situation would be more eligible if the condition of the domestic creditors was not absolutely desperate the prospect of obtaining satisfaction for their claims was so distant and uncertain that their evidences of debt were transferred at an eighth and even at a tenth of their nominal value the distress consequent on this depreciation was great and afflicting the requisitions of congress for eight years past save the committee in february seventeen eighty six to whom the subject of the revenue had been referred have been so irregular in their operation so uncertain in their collection and so evidently unproductive that a reliance on them in future as a source from whence monies are to be drawn to discharge the engagements of the confederacy definite as they are in time and amount would be not less dishonourable to the understandings of those who entertain such confidence than it would be dangerous to the welfare and peace of the union 
under public embarrassments which were daily increasing it had become it was said the duty of congress to declare most explicitly that the crisis had arrived when the people of the united states by whose will and for whose benefit the federal government was instituted must decide whether they will support their rank as a nation by maintaining the public faith at home and abroad or whether for want of a timely exertion in establishing a general revenue and thereby giving strength to the confederacy they will hazard not only the existence of the union but of those great and invaluable privileges for which they have so arduously and so honorably contended the revenue system of the eighteenth of april seventeen eighty three was again solemnly recommended to the consideration of the several states and their unanimous and early accession to it was declared to be the only measure which could enable congress to preserve the public faith and to avoid the fatal evils which will inevitably flow from a violation of those principles of justice which are the only solid basis of the honor and prosperity of nations in framing this system a revenue adequate to the funding of the whole national debt had been contemplated and no part of it was to go into operation until the whole should be adopted by suspending partial relief to the pressing necessities of the government it was believed that complete relief would be the more certainly secured the enlightened and virtuous statesmen with whom that measure originated thought it impossible that their countrymen would be so unmindful of the obligations of honor and of justice or could so mistake their real interests as to withhold their assent from the entire plan if convinced that no partial compliance with it would be received in the progress of the business however there was reason to believe that the impost might be conceded but that the application for internal taxes would encounter difficulties not to be surmounted in the impoverished state of the federal treasury an incompetent revenue was preferred to no revenue and it was deemed more advisable to accept a partial compliance with recommendations of congress than by inflexibly adhering to the integrity of the system to lose the whole the states therefore were requested to enable congress to carry into effect that part which related to imposts so soon as it should be acceded to in the course of the year seventeen eighty six every state in the union had acted upon the recommendation and with the exception of new york had granted the impost duty which had been required new york had passed an act upon the subject but influenced by its jealousy of the federal government had not vested in congress the power of collection but had reserved to itself the sole right of levying the duties according to its own laws neither did the act permit the collectors to be made accountable to congress to this state only were they amenable in addition to these deviations from the plan recommended new york had emitted bills of credit which were liable to depreciation and in them the duties were payable as the failure on the part of this single state suspended the operation of the grants made by all the others the executive thereof was requested again to convene the legislature in order to lay the subject once more before them to a similar resolution governor clinton had already replied that he had not power to convene the legislature before the time fixed by law for their stated meeting except on extraordinary occasions and as the present business proposed for their consideration had already been repeatedly laid before them and so recently as at their last session had received their determination it could not come within that description this second resolution was not more successful than that which preceded it and thus was finally defeated the laborious and persevering effort made by the federal government to obtain from the states the means of preserving in whole or in part the faith of the nation general washington's letters of that period abound with passages showing the solicitude with which he watched the progress of this recommendation and the chagrin with which he viewed the obstacles to its adoption 
in a letter of october seventeen eighty five he said the war as you have very justly observed has terminated most advantageously for america and a fair field is presented to our view but i confess to you freely my dear sir that i do not think we possess wisdom or justice enough to cultivate it properly illiberality jealousy and local policy mix too much in our public councils for the good government of the union in a word the confederation appears to me to be little more than a shadow without the substance and congress a nugatory body their ordinances being little attended to to me it is a solecism in politics indeed it is one of the most extraordinary things in nature that we should confederate as a nation and yet be afraid to give the rulers of that nation who are the creatures of our own making appointed for a limited and a short duration and who are amenable for every action recallable at any moment and subject to all the evils which they may be instrumental in producing sufficient powers to order and direct the affairs of the same by such policy as this the wheels of government are clogged and our brightest prospects and that high expectation which was entertained of us by the wandering world are turned into astonishment and from the high ground on which we stood we are descending into the vale of confusion and darkness that we have it in our power to become one of the most respectable nations upon earth admits in my humble opinion of no doubt if we would but pursue a wise just and liberal policy towards one another and would keep good faith with the rest of the world that our resources are ample and increasing none can deny but while they are grudgingly applied or not applied at all we give a vital stab to public faith and will sink in the eyes of europe into contempt End of chapter three part three